quack you. Welcome to Throwback Misadventures with Josh and Noel. This week on the podcast, we're getting ducked not once, not twice, but four ducking times. <laughs> if you mess with one duck, you've got to deal with the whole flock. All joking aside, this week we are tackling the Disney classics 1992's The Mighty Ducks, 1994's D2, 1996's D3, and 2021's new Disney Plus series, The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. So, uh, Noelle, why don't you tell me a little bit about your history with this franchise? I don't know that I have a history with the franchise. It's just mostly it was a presence, I feel like, in our lives just as kids growing up in the 90s. You know, I just have this memory of it being very iconic. You know, hockey was everywhere, I feel like, as a child. All the boys liked hockey. They loved the Mighty Ducks. Everyone had, like, jerseys and everyone was playing hockey. And I feel like I don't see that at all nowadays. I don't know what kids are doing now, but I don't think they're playing hockey. And, like, just the emblem, like, the symbol of the Mighty Ducks was very iconic to me as a child. I could never play hockey. I thought the actual team in the movies was called the Mighty Ducks for some reason, and it's just ducks. I mean, it's just the ducks. So that, that was slightly disappointing when we rewatched, but it's okay. I'll let it slide. Did it become the Mighty Ducks, like, later on? Maybe in, like, the second movie when they were, like, in the baby Olympics? That's apparently a thing? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I don't think so i think it's i think it was still just the ducks like i don't think they ever like they ever were referred to as the mighty ducks unless i'm wrong i could also be well, wrong. when it became like an actual team in real life like the the anaheim mighty ducks i think disney actually named that team the anaheim mighty ducks and then at some point in later years they got rid of mighty and now i think they're just the ducks so they're going back and forth those cake eaters <laughs> i still don't know what that means but this is a term that they like to use ducks and cake yeah that's first of all that's just rude to take out mighty like how dare you but that's another story i like cake more than hockey just as like you were asking my connection with these movies just as a child growing up at that time i mean this had i feel like the ultimate 90s kid cast at least the second one did i mean it just had so many people the cast in all of these movies is pretty iconic although they definitely make some questionable choices when it comes to which characters they decide to carry over, which characters they decide to center the story on, that I don't know if they're the best choices. That's also something we'll discuss when we get into the specifics of each of the three movies, um, and even the the new show, which I think both of us pretty much enjoyed. It was, it was better than I expected it to be, that's for sure. But we'll get into that more later. <laughs> so I guess we should start with, uh, with the first film, uh, the original Mighty Ducks from... 1992. This was not as good as I remembered and not as good as I expected it to be, even watching like as an adult. It had that vibe, like it was just, you knew that the Mighty Ducks was something, like it earned its spot in 90s kid lore. It wasn't there for me. I didn't have like the fondest memories of really any of these movies. Like I really, I remember really, really liking some something about them. And it wasn't until we watched through through all of them again that I realized it was the second one that I was mainly associating with all the iconic scenes and the and the best parts. Yes, using the word iconic again. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm going for the source right now. <laughs> I don't know though. The the first movie was kind of underwhelming to me. I didn't like how it focused so much on Coach Bombay and his repetitive flashback backstory that was and and his hockey career. I mean that was a little <laughs> uh, a little excessive. That flashback, it was one of those things where they kept showing like in slow motion, like bits and pieces and like throughout the movie, you think you're going to put together this like this huge thing that happened to him and traumatized him. 
in his youth. Like I'm thinking the coach molested him. I'm thinking something or he got like super injured or something really traumatic happened to him, but it was literally nothing. It was just over and over. They're playing that he missed a goal and hit like fucked him up for life. It was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they could have come up with something more interesting to pad the backstory out more instead of just repeating the same exact beats. Like it, it just repeats like, that yeah he lost this hockey game oh my god this is so sad this is the worst thing that's ever happened to anyone's life and it just keeps playing that same note throughout all of the flashbacks in the first movie we get it we get it we don't need so much focus on this on this backstory i agree with you that um the first movie it was very slow for like a good chunk of it in the beginning and i agree that focusing solely on coach bombay was kind of a snooze um, but I, I feel like the movie was meant to be an adult movie about like an alcoholic before it became a 90s kid movie about ducks. So maybe they just kind of never really got like the vibe that they were looking for. And then once they realized what they had, they fixed it um, for the second movie, which was even better in terms of they had like an even bigger cast of like 90s icons. Again, there's that word. <laughs> um, but I feel like definitely... D2, even D3 were more of what I was remembering. Yeah, th- that's a really good point about about how it was originally about him being like a raging alcoholic and had very little like comedy elements and stuff to it. And even, fun fact, uh, Emilio Estevez and um, Bill Murray were at one point attached to play Coach Bombay, which I don't think I can even picture. I can, You know who I could picture, though? I, I think you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. I don't agree, but... <laughs> Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I mean, actually, he played hockey for a very brief moment of time in Life with Mikey, remember, in the street? So I guess I could see it. Maybe that's what you were thinking of. But I don't feel like he sounds like Michael J. Fox, Emilio, in this movie. I'll allow it. I'll accept it. It was mainly in like the more inspirational scenes or the scenes when uh, Coach Bombay gets emotional that I was hearing Mike, uh, Michael J. Fox come out, and I was just like, if I close my eyes right now, I would literally think this is Michael J. Fox. I'm, I'm so confused. Like if he had like a big speech or something? Yes. His Michael J. Fox-isms were real. I was just thinking that it was kind of like Glee, how Glee started off as an adult show that was amazing and full of promise, and then they realized how much money, and they realized what they had by tapping into you know the younger crowd, and then they kind of turned it into something else. So... If you could compare Glee to the Mighty Ducks, I think that's how you're going to do it. And some pretty good music. The music in this movie, if anything was going to be iconic, it's the music <laughs> in this movie. It it sets the standard by having, you know, so many great 90s songs and Queen Queen songs. And there's a 90s mall that's awesome. Like, Oh my God, that mall. Yes. Oh, the mall is amazing. I want to go there. I feel like that's a mall that you saw in all those like movies in the 90s and you were like wow that's that's like a mall where, where, where rich people go like really lucky families that get to go on vacations that's where they get to go in the summer i envied people that got to go to the mall of america the only time that i went to mall of america was another glee connection when i <laughs> when i went <laughs> when i went to minnesota for the glee live tour because literally no other stop on their tour the meet and greet was not sold out so i went for the last pick, which was Minnesota. I don't know if this was shot in the Mall of America, but it looks like the Mall of America. So it's pretty awesome. And it was a very fun trip. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) 
this cast just has so many 90s kid movie players, like classic, classic actors that we grew up with. I want to go through the list. Let's see. And also, fun fact, 33% of this movie, I don't know if that's a real calculation, but it sounds right, is in the movie Heavyweights that Josh has not seen yet, but he, he needs to because it's Ben Stiller's best role. I'll get to it soon. Okay. So you like Fulton Reed, right? I love him. That's um, uh, Eldon Henson. He is just amazing. And um, if I was making my own Mighty Ducks team, he would obviously be on my team because that slap shot is amazing. <laughs> There's some power there. He could slap me any day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, there are a lot of kids that didn't make it to the second movie. There's um, Dave Carp, who was in Heavyweights. There was Danny Tamborelli, who was Danny Tamborelli. Um, poor Jesse. Jesse Small. Is it Smollett or Smollett? No comment on Jesse at this time, but we've got <laughs> Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Come on. Benny and the Jets. Connie Moreau, who I feel like she's in everything. Dean Portman, who was like the hottie. Oh my god. He he comes in in the second one, but he's the hottest of the hot. Goldberg, who also in heavyweights and also a very popular 90s actor. And Keenan, Keenan Thompson. I think this was his first role, I think. D2 was his first movie. Yeah, I I think both of us were a little thrown off because we were both expecting him to be in the first one. We hadn't seen these movies in years. And rewatching the first one, I was like waiting. I was like, is he going to show up? And then we looked the cast list up and we were like, oh, I guess he's not going to show up. Then we have Jesse Hall, who was also in uh, The Sandlot. You have the kid from Casper. Julie the Cat was in Rookie of the Year. Uh, then you have Joshua Jackson and his extremely oversized head. <laughs> In both movies. I don't think it evens out until the third. Until he hits puberty. Until then, he's got a helmet for a head. It's very distracting. How dare you? Young Joshua Jackson is adorable. And I stand by that. I didn't say he wasn't adorable. I just said his head was huge. I guess if Devin Sow is a grizzled old man, I'll I'll let you have Joshua Jackson's head being huge. I think we should move on to the second movie. Just close the first up by saying, uh, you're not a has-been. You're never was. That really hurt me. (laughs) How dare you? Yeah, that, that one reaches uh, reaches deep down in your soul. Coach Bombay gets this close to the NHL when an injury forces him to return home and step away from hockey. He's given the job of coach at the Team USA Hockey for the Junior Goodwill Games in California. And he recruits most of the Ducks, most in quotes, because they conveniently get rid of Jesse. They get rid of Danny Tamborelli and a few other people. Because I don't know why, especially considering that considering that in the first movie, Jesse's character, Terry, is supposed to be Jesse, the other black kid's brother. So I think they just thought like, oh, we'll just get rid of this kid and nobody will notice, even though they're in the same family. So it doesn't really make any sense. But that's another story. I know. It's just like never it's never even like brought up again that his brother's gone. I mean, Danny, I can kind of understand because he was filming Pete and Pete at the time. But I feel bad for him just because I feel like D2 was huge. And they conveniently just forget that Jesse Hall exists too when the third movie rolls around. And they just get rid of both of the OG black characters and they think it's okay. It's fine. We noticed, Disney. We noticed. But yeah, so these baby goodwill games, it's like baby Olympics. Is this a thing in real life? I love that part. Like just getting them all together against other countries. I found that really interesting. I thought it was interesting that the evil team at the time was Iceland and not Russia. Like I severely expected it to be Russia. 
And I think it was going to be, but I was reading that they decided to change it at the last minute because we were no longer at like at war with Russia or whatever. Like the Cold War, the relations were better. That's hilarious. I mean, they were all blonde, so I guess they really looked like they were from Iceland, but I wasn't intimidated. Yeah, it seems like villains in the 90s were always like foreigners, Russians, um, and this one Icelanders. Like it was just a it was just a running trend. I felt this movie had that annoying. What was she like a tutor who like, I don't know. No shame to, you know, women, you know, trying to be professionals or whatever, but I feel like she didn't know her place. She kept, like, butting in and, like, I don't know, overruling everybody. I don't know. I wasn't feeling it. I agree. Yeah, isn't she the one that, isn't she the one that stepped in at the end to just, like, be the temporary coach? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, who asked you for that? (laughs) And she was like, they're tired. I gave them all the day off because they're playing too much. And it's like, okay, who gave you that authority? And then they were, like, doing something else anyway. They weren't even resting. Yeah, first of all, who are you? This is my team, and who told you you could give all my players the night off because you think that they're quote-unquote tired? I mean, that's a little a little flimsy there. It was really interesting, though, like, watching these for the first time in probably decades, just seeing what they were able to get away with in these kind of movies, like, just the jokes, the humor, and, like, the lines that the kids were allowed to say. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, that that part where they, um, they go into the store and... They, they pretend to be <laughs> they pretend to be like related to someone and and they get like a, a fashion show with models and they're like oh yeah my mom is actually shopping for a bikini like she wants a bikini and they're trying to get the models to like wear skimpy clothes i don't think that disney could get away with that today oh yeah <laughs> i was talking more about how like i think more than once um <laughs> the two brothers who happen to be black and the white kid were referred to as oreo like several times in these movies and every time I heard it, I kind of did a double take and I was like, are they really doing that right now? But they were. And I kept thinking that cake eater was going to be some derogatory term because they kept saying it and like really pushing it. And eventually I had to look it up on Urban Dictionary and it's just a term about like a rich, a rich kid, you know, that can have his cake and eat it too. So it's it's like a slur for people that are privileged. Interesting. The only time I've ever heard another like cake related slur is um is in a series of unfortunate events first it was in the books and then it was in the netflix series carmelita spatz calls the orphans cake sniffers so i have we have cake yeah we so we have cake eaters and cake sniffers um i'm assuming that they come from the same (laughs) cake family that has something to do with being privileged cake sniffers (laughs) i don't know very strange sports movies in the 90s for kids were very big like this and this whole movie kind of I know you didn't like it as much but it did remind me of Little Giants and Game Changers as well same kind of plot kids that aren't as good kind of just trying to make a team of misfits to because you know they weren't wanted or they were the don't bothers more of that more on that later (laughs) yeah I, I love that too it's very endearing and um I think the best part of the second one is seeing how the original ducks clash with these these new people that they have to learn how to get along with and they constantly are trying to figure out their dynamic like they're very they're very at each other's throats at first and then as things progress they become closer and they actually become a full-fledged team because the ducks fly together flying v that sounds like something else the ducks fly together I love that that whole part with his speech and then when they walk out onto the ice and their new uniforms. I, I literally got chills. That part is so amazing. 
And it's everything that I think everybody loves and remembers and is the most nostalgic about when it comes to the Mighty Ducks. It's that whole entire, the whole entire final act of the Mighty Ducks 2. It's perfect. The end credits, like, this is terrible, but I really, I don't think it's the only reason I know that song by Queen. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like it definitely helped me learn the words. We got to talk about it. Best credits. I don't think you can have a better ending credits than that. That was really, really special. And you can just feel like the, like the vibe between the cast. Like it's, it's just so emotional. I loved it. For those of you who don't remember because you didn't do your homework, the end credits for D2 has all of the kids sitting around a campfire singing, we will rock you. Starts off slow. And then it's very, very celebratory and just you can feel it in your soul yeah it's like they're they're fresh off their win and they're just like kicking back and like enjoying the their feeling of like camaraderie like it just brings them together and it, it kind of gives a vibe of like the midnight society from are you afraid of the dark except like cute and cheery although i was waiting for someone to throw some magic dust onto the fire but that didn't happen <laughs> fun fact <laughs> None of the Midnight Society scenes were filmed in an actual forest. Did you know that? It was filmed in a in a warehouse with fake trees and asbestos. Are you serious? <laughs> Are you? Okay, so Josh is not reading the interviews that I've done with the cast of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So now I'm a little agitated. Ross Hull told me this. And also, I think it was in the Slimed book that we both have when they were talking to the rest of the cast. I think they also touched on that a bit. But yeah, it was in a warehouse. It was a fake forest. I don't think the chair was stone. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I'm sorry. I just shattered your your childhood and your um, everything you knew to be true. Yeah, you've uh, you've completely blown my mind. I don't even know what to say to that. I have that book and I have not finished it. I have a bookmark in it. <laughs> it's been like 10 years. Maybe, maybe at some point this decade, I'll finish it. <laughs> hey remember that time that um you thought you met billy west and you didn't <laughs> yeah that was probably the, one of the most awkward moments of my life i felt the blood rushing to my face and like i was gonna i like i wanted to just walk away and like sit in a corner like <laughs> like punishment i felt so bad because like i saw it happening and i was trying to like communicate with you telepathically to get you to stop but so what happened to poor Josh is we were standing with Fred Newman, just, you know, shooting the breeze, chatting. And <laughs> Josh was like, I don't even remember what you said. But you were like, oh, my God, I really loved you and something. I think you were like, isn't that great? And he was like, well, it would have been great if I was in that, but I'm not in that. <laughs> Josh thought he was talking to Billy West the whole time, but he was really nice about it. He wasn't like a dick or anything. He was really nice. No, he, he, he was he was sweet about it. It was just like I want to die. <laughs> oh wait, I think I I think I said something about like I loved you as a uh, something about Futurama because that's <laughs> one of the things that I love Billy West from the most is Futurama. And then he was just like, yeah, no, <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to D three. <laughs> <laughs> D3, the Mighty Ducks, because every Mighty Ducks movie that's just D and a number needs also the caption, the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We needed more of the D in this movie. 
Yeah, there there wasn't enough D. Yeah, I want to say specifically, I remember this movie being a lot better. Like, my dad watched this one all the time, and I, the the one clear memory I had of this movie was Dean Portin, Portman stripping in the goalie box or whatever, the penalty box at the end of the film. I remember him being in this movie, and he literally is not in this movie. They bring him back literally in the last 13 minutes of the entire film. And that's it. And it's just such a complete waste and a disappointment. Like, I mean, they gave us the shirtless scene. Yes, thank you for that, writers. But total waste. Yeah, honestly, this one, probably my least favorite. Really? And just to uh, give like a give like a quick rundown of what happens in this one. The Ducks get scholarships to Eden Hall Academy, which is a weird prep school. And they have to face off against this uh, snobby varsity team. Um, and they have a new coach. Bombay is barely in it. He steps in when it's time to give inspirational speeches, and then he <laughs> steps out. But <laughs> I I agree. Like I wanted more hockey and more more suspense in this movie. Like the fact that nothing big really happens until the last like thirteen minutes of the movie with the the big hockey game and Dean coming back and all that stuff. That feels like that should have happened at like the with like a half an hour left or something. You know, like it doesn't feel. It feels so rushed compared to the other movies. I really feel like, yeah, I feel like they should have brought Dean back the moment they started having trouble with bullies because he would have come to help them. That's how they would have fought back and learned to kind of work together again. And that could have been like the plot of the movie. And then they could start, you know, working together with this new coach who honestly was a was kind of a douchebag, kind of an asshole. And this is going <laughs> to, everyone's going to come for me for this, but this movie reminded me of like Snape apologists in Harry Potter because this coach is, he's very rude and almost like emotionally verbally abusive to the kids. He's kind of an asshole. And then at the end of the film, Bombay takes Charlie and he's like, oh yeah, his kid was like in a car accident or something. I don't remember what happened to her, but she was in like a wheelchair, right? Yeah. She was disabled somehow. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, as soon as Charlie learns that, you know, the coach is nice and all of a sudden it's okay. Oh, that's okay. He's been abusing us this whole time. And he's been a general horrible human being making us take off our jerseys and throw them away. And we're not allowed to be ducks or associate with the ducks. And he's just overall like destroying these kids souls, but it's okay. Cause his kid is in a wheelchair. I don't like that. I feel like, yes, that could explain why he's going through so much and why he has a terrible attitude but it's no excuse to treat other people poorly and not reflect on that and not take responsibility for that also how people say that about Snape and how he was a total abusive piece of shit and I really don't care that Snape was killed number one how dare you because yes Snape is fucked up and uh but he but he has semi semi justifications although I, I do agree with you that um just because you dealt with trauma or you had something bad happen to you, that, that doesn't excuse um, taking your behavior out on other people and not owning up to it at all. Because there's no point in this movie where this coach ever apologizes for his borderline abusive behavior towards any of these people. It's just like, oh, Charlie has this moment with Bombay where he sees that um, that the coach has a backstory. And then in the next scene, he's just magically yeah. nice. <laughs> And then that's it. He never apologizes. There's never a conversation. It's just like, oh, by the way, he has this backstory. And oh, by the way, he's just nice now. That's it. That, that made me so mad. And like, <laughs> I'm glad that they got their jerseys back at the end because that really upset me as a child when he was like making them take off the, 
Again, iconic classic Ducks logo and made them like throw it away. I was so upset as a child. That that was definitely upsetting. I wanted to yeah. slap him. but So I thought it was a little strange how Joshua Jackson, uh, who plays Charlie, is suddenly the main character in the series. It seemed like Coach Bombay was, um, I guess, like our, our tether through the other two movies. And then in this movie, obviously, he's in it very minimal. So someone else needed to take over. I don't know. Charlie never seemed like he was a like a hockey pro or something and then in this movie it's like oh my god he's the team leader no the team leader should have been adam oh yeah poor banks the cake eater but yeah i agree i don't i think they needed someone to kind of take over that lead and i don't know that he was the most famous kid at the time because i don't know that that's true because keenan was probably on all that and all the other kids were doing well but he might have been the most famous of the white kids and i guess that's how they chose their lead kids at the time but I agree. He he didn't even like play. I feel like in in the other movies, he literally gave it up and he's like, "I'll sit out. I don't need to play." Like, okay, thanks for being here with your big head. <laughs> he is very cute in this movie, though. I was reading that Joshua Jackson didn't even really want to return for this movie. He just had other acting and stuff that he wanted to pursue. He channeled like his angsty annoyances at having to be in the Mighty Ducks three into his character to give him more of a personality. So that's kind of interesting, but... I guess it kind of worked. It it kind of worked. Yeah, and he was like 18 at the time playing a 14-year-old. And I was like, what? In what universe are these kids supposed to be like 14? They started playing hockey when they were what? Like, how old were they supposed to be? Like, fetuses? Yeah, the, the timeline, I don't know that it adds up in any of these three movies. But this, this one especially was missing some things. And then, like we mentioned before, uh, Jesse Hall is the second black character in the series to completely vanish. That's kind of upsetting. The, uh, we Will Rock You and We Are the Champions, which is in the other two movies, is not in this movie. So that's also not great. Bombay, although yes, he does give a couple of pretty pretty fun speeches, he's also barely in the movie. So this is this is kind of missing some things from the other two movies that I like better. Dean, who's played by uh, actor Aaron Lohr, is super hot. And he's even hotter in this movie than he was in the second movie. So that, that strip tease that you mentioned before was, was the best part. And I was waiting for that the whole movie, and it happened in the last 10 minutes. This movie, I feel like, is kind of like what ends up happening when a trilogy or like other things start getting close to the end, and you know things are going to change, and like you don't like that they're changing, and then they start killing people off. Like I think they killed off hans um and it's just one of those things where you try to pretend that it didn't happen but that being said i enjoyed it more than the first oh my god i totally forgot they killed off hans <laughs> i remember when we were watching you're <laughs> i said something like oh at least he still has the kind german and you're like not for long <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I grew up like thinking that was like his grandpa or something because he wasn't close at all in the other movies to charlie and i know like in the second movie he wasn't even there it was like a different german so yeah, Bombay comes back to like sue the school at the end. That entire plot felt like it was specifically there just to give Emilio Estevez something to do, which I mean, I guess it was that, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, but it just, it, it was very strange that the third movie almost feels like an afterthought. Like they didn't put enough effort into it. I wanted more. I wanted more suspense. I wanted more action. It was, it was just kind of a letdown for me. So what did you think of uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers from the, the one episode that we watched? Right. So we watched the premiere of Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which, if you haven't heard, is the reboot of the Mighty Ducks that Disney Plus is now airing on a weekly basis. Allegedly, some of the cast will be returning, but we haven't gotten that far yet. Um, but I was iffy on it. I 
kept putting it off because I saw it was like 45 minutes and I was like, I don't know if I can relate to these, you know, these young kids in elementary school or whatever. Um, and I'm always iffy on Lauren Graham. I love her on Gilmore Girls, but I always find her to be awkward in anything else. Um, but I actually really liked it. I liked it until the end and not in a way where it was like, oh my God, I wish it was an ending. Just the ending was terrible. But I liked it overall <laughs> until that point. I'm really curious because I don't understand how Bombay has gotten to be where he is. I really want to know how he went from alcoholic lawyer to hockey coach to minor league hockey player to hockey coach to lawyer suing a school to <laughs> a grumpy miserable old man who owns an ice rink and eats stale cake and hates hockey and children which mood that's fine but i don't understand and i'd like to know how that happened yeah i don't know that bombay in this in this show really lines up with the one that we knew because i don't i'm I'm sure it'll be explained as to why he specifically hates hockey but um he really loves just eating cake and he fixes zambonis and that's really him i'm i i don't really know how we got here but i am interested in following it and if it if it's successful there's always a chance too that even the even the ducks that didn't return maybe in the first season like they could return in other seasons or something maybe in like a mentor capacity or something like that but i thought that it definitely had some promise I enjoyed it, and I liked the kids. I, I hated the name of the team that they made, which is uh, just a hot mess. The, the Don't Bothers? What, what is that? Yeah, is that the best they could do? That's literally why I hated... I ended up just... That's why it didn't get a 10 out of 10 for me, because instead of being called the Ducks or, like, a different animal or something, like, they could have come up with anything, and Lauren Graham decides to name the team the Don't Bothers. I feel like they were trying to do something there and it just did not land. So I'm hoping that changes at some point. I hope that changes too. I was wondering, do you think the reason he's eating cake is that kind of like a subtle nod to Cake Eater and all the other movies? Oh, that's actually not a bad point. I never even thought of that. I had an epiphany before and I was like, whoa, do you think it's, you know, because they're making fun of Cake Eater? Because, I mean, he's not rich in this movie. He needs the money. And that seems to be his plot is that he's poor and he runs a random rink that doesn't allow hockey. Definitely a good callback. I never even thought of that. But I I thought it was kind of weird, though, how obviously all we've known so far from the Mighty Ducks is that they're underdogs. You know, they're like they're a team that's underdogs. And that's what this new team Don't Bothers is going to do. But like the Mighty Ducks themselves or the Ducks, I guess, which it is now, they're not underdogs anymore they're the coach or whoever that was seemed like a bootleg lucas till and i i don't know what was going on with that it it was a little weird to see i i guess to see them like being like a regular team and not not underdogs i found that to be really believable though like that's that's exactly what would have happened in this world full of karens and organic soccer moms that's exactly what would have happened to the whole vibe and the whole hockey scene. Like I 100% believe that that's how it would have turned out, but it's sad at the same time. Um, you know, the coach, like you said, is Lucas Till that guy that you met on the street that day when you pushed me <laughs> to get to him? No, that's Lucas Hedges. That's Lucas Hedges. <laughs> Fun fact. Oh, all right. All right. Well, that was close. I was half right. Another fun fact is that the coach is played by Dylan Playfair, who played Gaston's son and 
in Descendants on the Disney mm. Channel, and we interviewed him. Fun fact. But yeah, Josh pushed me into traffic to meet Lucas Hedges. Uh, I I agree with you about how that's like, I guess, the organic thing that would have happened over over the time between the third movie and this new this new show. Because there's that part where I guess Lauren like speaks up and she says, let's 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 play the game for fun. And nobody none of the parents <laughs> even like <clears throat> pay her any mind like they don't want to play this for fun. They're not playing any sport for fun anymore it's, this isn't the 90s anymore this is like everything is like dead serious and like it has to be some big production like th- they can't just have their kids playing sports it's all for like college applications and as you know going to the olympics and whatever they can get out of it not fun for sure they gave lauren graham a lot of speeches but it didn't quite hit like emilio did if that makes sense like they kind of made her as more comedic than inspirational. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Which I, I guess is, I guess is a good thing because then it's not trying to copy, you know, the exact kind of kind of vibe from the other ones. But I, I did get the Mighty Ducks vibe though from from this show, which I wasn't expecting. I, I did get that underdog feeling, but I do really want them to change the name from the Don't Bother. So I'm not feeling that. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe, but I also got the little giants vibe because it's quite literally the plot of the little giants like the entire movie is the first episode of the show you know kids that aren't good enough are cut from the mighty ducks and they have to kind of make their own team of misfits so that they're allowed to play with everybody else all we needed was rick moranis but i think it has promised it has the baby devin sawa eric von detten hybrid (laughs) kid that'll probably be like the the heartthrob i can see them maybe making Lauren Graham like a love interest for Emilio's character. Cause I don't know what happened between him and Charlie's mom, but I guess she's not there. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it does well. And I'm hoping, you know, I mean, what else are the cast doing during COVID? They could come back and, and do something for this. Yeah. Even if it's just like a quick throwaway scene, speaking of the heartthrob thing though, I did actually like that they made him into like a nerd who can't skate, even though yes, he's like a jock and like, you know, like popular and all that. But then it's like, as soon as he gets onto the ice, it's like, oh, he's not perfect. JK. (laughs) I thought that was cool. (laughs) Yeah, I was surprised by that. We should probably start wrapping up. I guess we can rate each of these projects and kind of rank them as to, uh, you know, our own personal preference. So would you like to start? How many, uh, you you can use whatever you want. Quacks, hot (laughs) hockey pucks, anything you want to use. I want to, I think we should we should end it on a quack. I want to know how many quacks we'd give each movie and then I guess rank them in order of which we prefer. I know I'm going to differ from you, of course. I mean, my ranking is 2, 3, 1. Before we rewatched, it was um, 3, 2, 1, I think. But right now it's 2, 3, 1. Yeah, for me, it's got to be it's got to be a 2, 1, 3. And then I liked Game Changers more than I liked the third movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the third movie just—I—I I don't know. I—I was—it was, was just—it was just a disconnect for me. I—I I really don't know. Although I did watch that a lot as a younger kid, I didn't feel those. I, I never got nostalgia chills from the first movie or the third movie. The second movie got nostalgia chills at least three times. So that's fair. Are we doing how many quacks? I don't know if I can. Yeah. So, so how many? How many quacks do do you give the Mighty Ducks one? Six. 6.5. 6.5 quacks. Half a quack. 
it's a seminal part of our childhood and it's the Mighty Ducks, but I don't feel like the Mighty Ducks became mighty until the second movie, which I'm going to give nine quacks out of ten. <laughs> well, how many quacks would you give Game Changers? I want to say like eight, but I don't want to give it more than like the third movie because I feel like I like the third movie more. I don't know. Well, just saying, based on based on the third movie alone, I mean, this show already had more hockey in it from the 45-minute runtime. The third movie was like when they're contractually obligated to make a third movie, but their their heart isn't in it. That's what that was. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, the, the first movie, I pretty much agree with you. I, I I would give I would give the first movie about six quacks, maybe maybe six and a half quacks. So like a quack <laughs> instead of a full quack. But <laughs> the second movie, <laughs> the second movie though, that one's like a nine. It, it's it's nine big big loud quacks especially i i i i'm quacking a lot at the final act he's got like the duck collar the thing that you know makes the noise and he's really quacking and when you blow on it really hard and he's like Quack! i don't know what noise that that is i'll have to look that up insert nine quacks here <laughs> oh wait i found one. I what it is. Um, the third movie is like is like five Dean strip teases, uh, out of ten. <laughs> it's and five is kind of being generous. I feel like it's more like a more like a three or a four. But okay, last last thing, game changers. Right now for me, it's uh, it's like eight pieces of cake. Eight pieces of cake. <laughs> <laughs> I want cake so bad. Now. Eight pieces of cake, but with fondant and not icing, because icing, it, it, especially if especially if it's like icing roses or like thick, thick, thick icing, that's a turnoff. I love. Not, not feeling the thick icing. I love icing. I was in the store actually yesterday, and <laughs> this poor guy was like calling his wife, and he was like, "Is frosting the same thing as icing?" And he was standing like the baking aisle. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> that's adorable. Yeah. yeah. And he was with his two kids, so like none of them could tell him what frosting is. He had to call the wife at home. I, I guess on that note, we'll wrap up. But do you have anything that you want to see in the remaining episodes of Game Changers, or somebody specific that you wanted to see come in from the returning cast or from the from the original cast? I mean, um, I mean definitely Dean Portman. Um, I'm not positive who came back. I don't know that Banks came back. I think Averman came back. I definitely would want would want Banks back. He was pretty awesome, and I'm sure that he probably still looks great now. I don't really know, but I'm sure he does. I feel like they didn't use him enough. I feel like they built him up to be like this really important character, and they didn't use him that much. Yeah, if only we had an actual rewrite of Mighty Ducks three with him as the lead, and they could have done a lot a lot of different things with the third one. But it's okay. I'll stop shitting on the third one. I'm sorry. I mean, I think I definitely want. Benny the Jet Rodriguez to come back because I'm kind of curious how he looks now because I think he's like a firefighter or something so I could see him playing hockey yeah I want to see Dwayne come back if only to hear him be like yeah no <laughs> that accent was everything and that part where he like lassoed someone in the second one that, that I, I love that it was so good how do we like wrap this baby up oh how do we wrap it up what did we do last time? We did something Irish, and then you did <laughs> I Bid Thee Farewell. 
How do ducks say goodbye? We should just <laughs> do the quack. <laughs> we we can end it with a duck joke. What did the duck detective say to his partner? You're quacking up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's quack this case. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Throwback Misadventures. Please consider liking, subscribing, and following us on social media and all of your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. You can find us at Pod Misadventure on Twitter and Instagram, Throwback Misadventures on Facebook and YouTube, or keep it throwback and send us an email, podmisadventure at gmail.com. See you real soon.